welcome to the Cultivating Calmness podcast. Today's topic will be on the theme of a day in the life of a griever. My name is Kayla Vance and I will be your host today. Um, so if you aren't aware, October, along with probably most months of the year, is full of awareness uh, for different topics. So uh, October happens to be one that has hit pretty hard, I guess, in the mental health community. And today I wanted to not uh, make sure not to pass up that it was preg- is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. I know we are here at the end of the month, so um, you know, the whole month has passed and we have not, I have not specifically uh, addressed this in a podcast episode. And I wanted to be sure to do that today. And I didn't want to just talk to you about Uh, you know, the facts and statistics related to pregnancy and infant loss, um, because they are out there. I'll give a little bit of those today, but I wanted to take a little bit of a different perspective. And I wanted to offer you and talk about just what grieving may look like for somebody who has recently or even ever, um, had the death or experienced the death of a child, whether that was in utero um, due to a miscarriage or a stillbirth or afterbirth within you know the first year or a couple years of life. Any death of any child can be uh, very traumatic and um, a very um, negative experience for anybody involved, not just the mother or the person carrying the child, but for those people around them. So I want to give that perspective today and um, just to help you maybe see what that may be like. So many of you maybe um, can honestly say that you have grieved the loss of somebody close to you, but some of you may honestly be able to say you haven't, and that's okay either way. Uh, but for those of you who have maybe never really experienced the death of somebody that you know and care about, this may be a really good opportunity for you to experience and think about what it is that somebody may go through. Now today, I'm just going to focus on the loss um, or death of a child. And for today's example, um, as when I get into that here in a few minutes, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to say a child who has, um, we'll say maybe a year to two old. Okay. So the experience that somebody may have, if they have, um, had a miscarriage, for example, will be different than somebody who has, um, lived with their child for months or years. Uh, but the, the concept will still be the same. So, uh, just to, to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, so the other day I was actually having a conversation with my brother and, um, he brought up a really good point that, you know, as, uh, my, you know, myself and my siblings as children who lost their mother at a young age, we didn't really know anybody, um, in our circles who had lost a parent, but us. So we were the only ones that we knew of who had lost a parent, um, for anything. I think, uh, I had been in school for several years before somebody else in our school also lost a parent. Um, but I really wasn't aware of anybody else. Now that doesn't mean that there weren't other kids as I got older who did experience the loss of a parent. Um, but I wasn't aware of it. And that is often the case when it comes to grief is that, you know, unless you've been directly told or experienced it, or, uh, you know, are, are somehow aware of this person's loss, 
you may not know that the people around you are going through a grieving process or missing somebody in their life. Um, so, you know, my brother was pointing out that even to this day, as an adult, he doesn't know, or sorry, many of his friends still have both of their parents. And so we, as adults, experienced the loss of one of our parents many, many years ago as children. He has grown up and lived with, you know, um, with his friends and most of them have not experienced the loss of a parent. And, um, I know that I have several adult friends now who have experienced the loss of a parent at this point, uh, but that isn't the case for everyone. So again, something to keep in mind, if you have not experienced loss, um, we all know that death is something that eventually happens. We just hope that it's something that happens later in life. Um, and even then when it's later in life, when it's our grandparents, when it's people who are older, who you know, people we may expect to experience that at some point, it doesn't make it any easier, even when we expect something to happen. So, um, you know, just wanted to give that a little bit of, a little bit of that perspective. And then I'm going to give you a few, um, like statistics. And then I want to jump into a little example and it's not something I've clearly thought out, but I'm going to walk through, um, some experiences people may have. So, um, since it is the awareness, uh, pregnancy and infant loss awareness month, um, just be aware that the CDC has a lot of statistics and they report that there are about 3,400 cases of SIDS, that's sudden infant death syndrome, um, each year. That's in the United States. So 3,400 estimated. And that stillbirths, um, and a stillbirth is considered a infant who has died in utero after 20 weeks gestation and a miscarriage would be considered a child that has been, um, has died in utero before 20 weeks of gestation. Uh, so a stillbirth affects one in 160 pregnancies or about 24,000 pregnancies a year or 70 a day in the United States. And 10 to 15% of pregnancies are lost annually. And this is just, you know, of those last two statistics I gave, that's just what is known. Um, so oftentimes women will go through a miscarriage, um, and not report it, uh, not talk about it, depending on, you know, how early it was and whether they were able to, um, manage those symptoms on their own. Uh, so oftentimes, you know, that, that number may be low, um, especially if it happens earlier in a pregnancy. And, um, I think those are the ones that I was able to find and just wanted to share today. So not extremely common, but also not rare that these things are happening to the people around you. So you probably know somebody who has experienced a miscarriage or multiple miscarriages uh, or the loss of a child. So keep that in mind when you know you think about those experiences that they are going through when it comes to grief uh, and, and losing somebody they love. Okay, so when it comes to the loss of a child, there are many factors at play here. Um, some that maybe the general public, maybe you who's listening, don't consider. So when a person is grieving the loss of a baby um, via like miscarriage or stillbirth, we may, you know, that could fall under the topic of like disenfranchised grief, which is basically the category um, of grief where, um, 
your loss is not viewed as like important because it's less publicly understood and accepted. Uh, so like you've experienced a loss that people can't see. Um, and so if you've experienced a loss people can't see, that may make it harder for them to understand. And other categories of that may be if you're the spouse of somebody who um, has had a miscarriage, right? You personally did not carry the child, but you are still experiencing that loss via your partner, your wife who has had the miscarriage. So um, you know, when we think about grieving and loss, those are other aspects that we don't think about or the children of parents who have had a miscarriage. You know, they maybe are aware that mom is pregnant and about to have a baby and the mom doesn't have a baby. You know, what is that like? That's an experience that we don't maybe often think about. And uh, on this subject, there are many, many, many books out there that are available to read to children and for adults who are going through this grieving process. Or if you are maybe a classroom or therapy practice uh, working with a bunch of children um, there are activities and books that you can read to uh, children to help them understand what maybe somebody else is going through in their classroom a teacher a friend etc so today i want to do a day in the life and so i'm going to walk you through uh, what might be somebody's experience and just because i throw out some of these examples doesn't mean that this is something that every parent is going to go through. It doesn't mean that they're not gonna go through these things. Um, and it doesn't mean that you are wrong if you do or do not experience these things. Uh, so I, you know, everybody's grief journey is different. It ebbs and flows, it comes in waves. You're gonna have good days and you're gonna have bad days. Those are all completely normal. And I just want you to be aware of that. So, you know, even when looking at your friends or your peers who may be going through any type of grief or loss, you know, just because they're having a good day doesn't mean they are over it um, or that they have um, accepted it and moved on. Um, we all can move through grief and with grief, but grief is a process. Um, grief is a process and it is one that is always uh, ongoing for anybody. And what I've learned through this process and what I hope to teach and hope every my clients and hope you to learn is that it is uh, something you learn to live with and you carry with you and you factor into your life. Um, and hopefully in doing so, that grief becomes easier. Okay, so without further ado, let's just imagine a day in the life of somebody who has lost a child, um, we'll say about a year old, around there. Um, and so I'm gonna try to keep my comments focused on that specific niche uh, versus the numerous amounts of um, death and loss that other people can experience. So imagine waking up and you have um, experienced the death of your child. And normally your child would be maybe crying um, and you would get up to get them. But you wake up and there's no crying. Um, you have maybe slept past a normal time that your child would be waking up. That's just a reminder that right there, that time is a reminder that your child isn't there to wake you up for you to go into their room, to pick them up, to hold them, to change their diaper, to feed them. Any and all of those things would be triggers and reminders of your loss. If, you know, if you're a breastfeeding mom or, you know, a bottle feeding mom, just the act of feeding your child and 
not being there to feed them anymore can be a um, can be a loss and another trigger. If say you um, are somebody who was uh, say this mom was breastfeeding um, and their child maybe recently died, they may still be it producing milk, right? So what do I do with that? So I'm not only experiencing that loss of that child, but I'm also now experiencing physical symptoms where I have to decide, do I do I try to dry up my um, breast milk and producing? Do I try to continue to pump and maybe I wanna give it to another child? Lots of decisions to be made, which then bring on additional feelings of you know, guilt and shame and sadness and you know, fill in the blank. So you know, even that act and making a decision, should I or shouldn't I, do this one thing, breastfeed, pump milk, save milk, get rid of it, uh, can be a traumatic reminder of the loss that they've experienced. Getting up and making the bed. You know, I didn't used to be able to make the bed because I was always busy with my child. Now I can make the bed. Now I feel guilty, you know. Um, taking a shower, you know, for those people who have children, you know, having time alone and space can be a, a rare occurrence. And when you have a child that maybe used to be there all the time and it was hard to work in, you know, time to get a shower, uh, time to go to the restroom on your own and suddenly you can do that. Yet another reminder of the fact that that child is not there anymore and you, you aren't being bothered by that. So when, you know, when they were alive, and you were experiencing um, that, that may have been a frustration, you know, right? Like, I, I don't have time to take a shower to even wash my hair to breathe. Now I do. And so we deal with those feelings of like guilt. I wish I hadn't felt that when they were here because now they're not here. And I just wish so much to have that experience back. Um, maybe it's you know, packing up and I go downstairs and I go into the kitchen and there, bam, refrigerator maybe where I would have had their art that they made in daycare and I see it and haven't taken it down. So that could be a positive reminder. It could bring sadness. It could bring both emotions. Or maybe you've taken it down because the reminder was too difficult right now. And so just the act of not seeing that art on the fridge that you knew used to be there is another reminder then that your child is not here with you anymore. Um, it's another reminder that you aren't going to pack some snacks to take them to daycare or make their bottles or pack their diaper bag. It's a reminder that you're not going to put them in their car seat and snap them into place and get in the car and talk to them. These are, you know, I'm so far just in the early waking hours of the morning and we have had multiple, multiple triggers and reminders of the fact that your child is not there anymore. And so you can generalize this across any death or loss that you've experienced and those constant reminders that you will face every day, all day long, and just trying, you know, trying to quote, get over or move on from that, why that can be so hard to do. And over time, those experiences do get easier, but especially initially, those things can be incredibly difficult. Folding laundry, you know, seeing, um, 
that laundry there that was your child's. Maybe you've washed all of it and then you have that one outfit that you would wear that matched your child's outfit. Or there was that lone sock that got mixed in with your clothes and everything you thought you had put away, you didn't. And there's that one more thing, you know, um, trying to decide, do I save these clothes or do I get rid of these clothes? Do I turn them into a type of memory blanket or quilt or animal? Or do I shove them away and keep them away for another child? Do I keep these clothes for a future child? Do I not keep these clothes? Do I give them to somebody I care about? Do I want them just out of sight, out of mind? There's no right or wrong answer for any of those decisions, but those are yet very hard decisions to make when you are grieving the loss of a child, again, or anyone. Um, you go to work. And where normally, again, if I'm this breastfeeding mom, maybe I would be pumping for uh, food for my child. And I, again, maybe no longer have to do that. Or maybe I do. Or um, everybody's walking on eggshells around me wondering if I'm okay, if they should say something or not say something. And you know it and you can tell and you can see that they're doing that. And you wish so much that they would just do X, Y, Z. This would be an opportunity for you to be able to advocate for yourself and the boundaries that you need and you want in your grieving process. I know that's hard. It can be very hard to do. And yet that gives other people permission to do whatever it is that you are wanting them to do and to hopefully make it easier for you to feel like everybody's not walking on eggshells around you while you're trying to grieve. Um, you know, needing to take breaks. Maybe it's just too much being at work. Maybe, you know, even though it's been several months, it's still a lot of effort to be at work every day. And so working in breaks, you may have to do that. Reminders that you have, maybe pictures that you have in your office that you had on your computer or on your desk or in a file, right? Um, you may decide to put those away. You may have them out. May or may not be difficult for you. Um, you know, when it's time to ready, ready to leave work, maybe you would usually have to leave work at a certain time to go pick up your child from daycare. Well, you no longer have to do that. Again, yet another reminder that that is something you don't have to do. And that may be incredibly difficult. And you may feel guilty because you don't have to go pick up your child. Or you maybe feel certain feelings because you're relieved that you don't have to go pick up your child. Having relief over certain things can bring up feelings. Um, it's okay to feel relief. It's okay to feel happiness. It's okay to laugh. But even, you know, your your coworker or a friend making a joke and you laugh at it sometimes catches people when they're in, you know, they're in their grief. And it's like, am I allowed to laugh? Am I allowed to feel good? You know, is that okay? Should I do that? Um, and then now that I did and I did enjoy it and it was, you know, it felt great. Do I feel guilty about that? Should I feel guilty about that? Am I allowed to move on? Am I allowed to feel happy? Yes, yes, you are. You are allowed to feel happy. And you, hopefully those times will improve for you and they will continue to happen more often for you. And it's okay um, to question that, but I don't want you to. I don't want you to question that. You're allowed to have any and all of those feelings. And now you go home and you make dinner and uh, you're not making dinner for your child. You're not tucking your child into bed. You're not having to do all the things you do after your child goes to bed because you couldn't get them done when they were awake. Uh, or maybe they were a child that was up with you all, you know, all night and would go to bed with you and they're not in bed with you. 
you know, these are the things that are happening for this parent grieving this loss. Uh, the constant daily reminders and things that you used to do with your child that you again no longer do. Um, so I just want you to uh, think about that and that was a pretty simple explanation and I probably missed all kinds of triggers and reminders uh, but if these are things that you don't think about on a daily basis, if you haven't experienced the loss of a child, these are things that you wouldn't wouldn't really uh, come to mind and you wouldn't recognize as things that make it difficult for somebody to grieve. So um, today, I just hope that you could take away from um, today's podcast that you know, the grieving process is unique. It is, it has its ups and downs. There are numerous reminders and triggers to somebody's grieving process and we just never know what those things are going to be so um, take that for what you will and i hope that you found this helpful in understanding grief uh, for just this specific niche and that you we remember that it's pregnancy and infant loss awareness month in october uh, along with all the other awareness uh, topics that we have covered earlier in this month and i hope you have a wonderful uh, rest of your month and a happy halloween coming up if you celebrate ha uh, halloween enjoy it and i look forward uh, to seeing you guys next week for the next podcast Oh,